0: This is Top Quality Faith Ministries Podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message.
1: There's no place, there's no time, there's no distance. You are always with us. And so even now, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the revelation. And I thank you for the insight to come. I thank you just for allowing me to hear your voice. Hallelujah. To stand in a place that I can teach your people truly what thus said the Lord. Lord, I'd offer this word back up to you, but most of all, I offer myself. And I truly say, I'm not righteous, but I embrace your righteousness that I may be acceptable in your sight. Lord, even now, as the people are gathered to hear, let them also come into the place where they see themselves as not one that have to fulfill this or that, but they embrace you as well. Lord, again, as your word goes forward, let me lean to you that I may give out all that you've called forth. In Christ Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Yes. Could uh, be It's 17, uh, if you go to B, right there. Mm -hmm. I want to lay a foundation, because I think it's always interesting, and it's something that we all have to come to understand and realize. In the Bible, Paul speaks of the things he desires to do, but he just can't get it right. And he struggles with his flesh because everything that he intends to do, it just doesn't seem like it's going in accordance to what he desire. And as a leader, a pastor, a disciple of God, I find myself a lot of times in that same position. I have this desire to be, how would I say, complete in God, to do the right things, to stand right, and not to be in that position to where I'm struggling with my old man. But many times, my fleshly man takes advantage, or takes the lead, and then as we're walking down the road, I find myself in that position saying, whoa, wait, how did I just say that out of my mouth? How do I agree to that? And I'm already fully caught up in what I have said to myself I would never do when I find myself doing it. And it's wretched me, you know? I I look and I cry out in the sense to, I'm literally pleading and asking God for help and support to overcome in the areas where I'm falling short. But what I'm really literally saying to each one of you guys, in accordance to what God has called, it's okay to fall short. And, and, And I think that's where a lot of us fail to understand God is not sitting over there counting every time you fall short. And I think that's where we literally live in that place to where we're assuming that God is counting and he's literally in that place to condemn us because we are imperfect people. He is not a God that condemns. He's a God that is loving and he is here to help us and to get us past where we're resting. And it's so important that you understand nobody's perfect. And it's okay not to be perfect. It's okay to fall short. But the most important thing that you must always remember when you recognize it, ask God for help. Not only is it that you ask God for help, but you know, the word literally says, repent. And, and, and turn from your sins. But sometimes it takes time to turn. And, and, and a lot of times we think that because we heard that word, repent and turn, you think that we're going to do a 360 turnaround. And you hold yourself accountable for that 360 turnaround. And it doesn't happen, so you condemn yourself even more so. You have to understand it took some time to get where you're at it's going to take some time to get out of it. And the more you repent, the more you bring it to God's attention, you will find that he begins to be the helper in the situation, and he provides the wisdom to help you to overcome. The problem is when we see ourselves doing the same thing, we feel ashamed. Hopefully hear what I'm saying. And we're unwilling to go to God for help because we think we can get it done on our own. I love how this gentleman literally recognized that rabbi. He's the best one that they could ever see. And in this particular place, he's literally saying, What is it that he can do? And a lot of times we're in that place and we're crying out and we're saying, Lord, how do I overcome? How do I stand up? And it's through your constantly inviting God into the place where you're falling short. You know, it's not, you know, I I, I don't know. I don't know if guys do what women do, but we get to a place and we literally say we hate ourselves. You know, I don't know if guys do that, but girls will literally, literally say to themselves, I hate myself, I hate this, I hate that. And then we start tearing ourselves apart because we can't fix the things that are working against us. And so in that particular place, God is literally asking, the simplest thing is that you just trust him in the midst of what you're going through. And I wanna make sure that I say that because, how would I say? I've been in this particular place where I've been walking for some time and I feel like I'm still not there. <laughs> yes. And you would think, God, pastor, you know word, you could hear the voice of God. You've got to be, you know, this power powerhouse that can do this and do that, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not that person. I have the same struggles you have. I have the same fears you have. And the Holy Spirit's been talking to me more and more and I, I, I guess I never listened. Because, but, but I'm so tired of hearing trust me. I am beyond tired hearing the word trust me. And I'm sure you guys have heard trust me. And, And you hear the trust me and you're like, well, can you tell me what I'm not trusting you in? Because it becomes overwhelmingly difficult when you hear words saying trust me. But I ask God, hear what I'm saying. To show me, don't just tell me. Because I can't change if I don't know what I'm not trusting in. And what I'm finding now is that the Holy Spirit is literally showing me events where I'm acting out because of something that's going on. One of, and not only is it that I'm acting out, another thing he showed me too, that I always think I'm responsible for everybody else. I take on their cares, I take on their situation, I take on what in their space. And then I become the person that tries to help and solve and overly pray and do this and it's taxing my heart. To whereby I I'm, I'm pleading for that person to get a revolution. You know, I'll even call other people and say, "Hey, can you pray with me regarding this person?" And And in that place, I'm in a place of panic because I want a resolution for the person and the Lord is literally not speaking. It's not that the Lord's not speaking. I'm not giving him an opportunity to speak. And I'm overthinking, I'm in this place of anxiety because I want the answer. Hear what I'm saying? You're not God. Can't fix it. He has to fix it. You can't fix you. He has to fix you. And it's okay not to be perfect. The Lord has literally been showing me when he says, trust me, When there's a storm, I want to make sure, a storm means it's something bigger than what you can handle. You guys know what that looks like, right? And in the Bible, it's called a mountain, okay? And it's literally saying that this big mountain that you're trying to overcome, and you're supposed to be able to lift that mountain and push it over to the side and, you know, go through it. You're supposed to be able to knock that mountain down. Well, the reason why we can't knock the mountains down because we're trying to do it in our physical existence and you cannot do anything to knock the mountain down is to recognize that it's going to be there. Hopefully you guys get that. These things are going to exist in our life because we have chosen Christ And these things are there to strengthen us, to make us better, to walk in accordance to what he's called for, whether we like it or not. And it's something that he's saying, in the midst of the things that you're going through, will you trust me? We all say yes, right? Because I do. I say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And then when that mountain gets on fire, I'm saying, fire, fire, and I'm running back and (laughs) forth, and I'm literally there. And and, And then when I find out if somebody just lit a match, <laughs> get it? If there's no fire, I'm going to get through it. It's not going to overtake me. I'm not going to die, okay? Because I got this thing. I'm going to die, okay? I'm not going to die. And I'm going to live. You are going to live. And that mountain may still exist in your life, but you're going to live. That mountain may never be moved, but you will be all right. Hopefully you guys are hearing what the spirit of the Lord is saying. So let's look at this gentleman because he has a good, awesome question. Because we say the same thing.
0: Jesus teaches on riches. An eager man questions Jesus. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. Good teacher. This title was never applied to the other rabbis in Jesus' day, because it implied sinlessness, a complete goodness. Jesus and everyone else recognized that he was being called by a unique title. There is no instance in the whole Talmud of a rabbi being addressed as good master. Okay. Only God was called by good ancient rabbis Why do you call me good? This was not Jesus denying his deity Instead, he invited the young man to reflect upon it It is as if Jesus said Do you really know what you are saying when you call me good?
1: Let me stop you right there Because I think that's what we're looking at Mm-hmm. We're trying to be good. Don't you get it? Every single one of us try to operate and try to be these good person. But the Bible just said, there's nobody good but him, right? Mm-hmm. But if we reflect on that and we really stop to look, then we won't be holding ourselves hostage in this area where we're constantly thinking that we have to outperform ourselves. And then and, and if you stop to really look at it, where did you get that measurement from, from good from? Mm-hmm. Because wherever that measurement came is faulty. It's not existing. It's not real. And you're holding yourself accountable for something that's unattainable. You cannot obtain it in your own flesh. You cannot achieve the goal that you're trying to achieve. Holy Spirit says, do you not see that he stopped stop the man to really get the man to reflect on what he was saying. And sometimes we don't reflect on what we're trying to attain. I don't stop to say, oh, this is unattainable in my flesh. I cannot be this. And, and, and I'm hurting myself trying to become something that is unattainable. God just asks for our best effort. And sometimes our best effort is our worst effort, but that's good to him. <laughs> Don't you get it? That's good to him. And he uses your best. But he also uses your weakness. Because scripture says, in my weakness, you're strong. But we keep thinking we need to be strong. We got it backwards. And so he's literally having a conversation with this gentleman. And he's literally telling him. And if you ever stop to hear the Lord, the things that he holds you accountable for, is not the stuff you're trying to obtain. It's never the stuff you're trying to overcome. Mm-hmm. The things that he holds you accountable relies in kingdom. It's just like he said to me, I said, what do you have against me in the church? Because I know what I have against myself. He said, you need to teach them to overcome their fears. And and, and fear starts when you feel like you're failing. I wake up every day feeling like I missed it. I go to sleep feeling like I missed it. And the Lord is literally saying, you didn't miss it. You're not failing. You are where you are. It's because I have you in the space that you're in. You cannot rush this process. You cannot get beyond what God is calling forth. No matter how hard you try. Hopefully you're hearing me. And you can never be what your parents want you to be. You are you. They have their life. You have your own. You're accountable for your life. And you cannot live according to somebody else's standard. God is the standard. That should take a load off of you. That should cause you to rest. There should be a time in your life where you hear your parents, still respect them, but you still have to go to the place and you have to hear God. And you have to understand what God is saying regarding the situation. And so we have to begin to say, I'm not failing. Can you say that to yourself now? I'm not failing. I'm not failing. I have not felt God. Can you say that too? I have not felt him.
0: Let's go a little bit further. What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? The focus- Right there. What should I do to inherit eternal life? I'm always asking that
1: question. What do I do? What I got to give up? What I got to let go What I got to do this? And then all of a sudden, I try to throw everything out. And then I even have prayer. Lord, this is wrong with me. That's wrong with me. This is wrong with me. Fix all this stuff. And I try to do a dump. I'll call it a dump. Okay, because I want to dump everything. I want to get rid of everything. Everything that looks like it's bad. Lord, get it out of me. To the dump is... I become afraid of people who look like me. Because they're going to keep me in that place. And, and, And so in return, I say, I can't go back. I can't go back. I can't go back. But I can't go forward either. Because I'm in a place that I'm trying to fix me. Word of God says that there's no condemnation for those in Christ. So where am I coming in a place of con- condemnation where I'm condemning myself because I have not been able to achieve the results that I desire? There's no condemnation, meaning I can't condemn. I can't condemn. You, I am not condemned. You are not condemned in the places that you are in. Your life supposed to look like that. Wow. Doesn't that take a load off of you? Your life's supposed to look like that. And the struggles you had, you were supposed to. God knew who your parents was. Hopefully you guys get that. <laughs> And he knew the struggles in your parents. He even knew the struggles in your your grandparents. So he's seen it all, and he still said, bring them forward. So he knows what you had to live through. He knows the struggles that you encountered or you obtained as a result of your parents. Doesn't that feel a load off? Oh, my God. Because we say to ourselves, I don't want to be like them. Oh, no, don't let me be like them. But the more you say, don't let me be like them, you become them because you've been in their household so long. You don't turn 20 or 19 and then say, don't let me be like them. You already like them. You were like them when you came through the birth canal. Okay? Better yet, you were like them when God spoke you forward. So even before you got to the birth canal, he said, all that stuff that they're dealing with, you gonna come in. And he said, but I'm going to cause you to change. Ah. That just means you get a little bit better than them. (laughs) That don't mean you better better. That just means I'm a little bit better. Okay? it Don't mean that you're perfect. Do you get it? That just means you're going to do something a little bit different than them. And then some areas, you're going to do the same thing because you're judging them. But God literally says, this is what I came for, Ah, that you should have life and life more abundantly. So let's see what he says to him.
0: The focus of the man's question is what shall I do? He thought eternal life was a matter of earning and deserving, not of relationship.
1: Ooh. Is that what did you guys get that? Read that again?
0: The focus of the man's question is what shall I do? He thought eternal life was a matter of earning and deserving, not of relationship.
1: Oh, my God, I've got to stop all this work I'm doing. I'm doing all this work thinking I'm earning my way to heaven. And this is why I keep feeling like I'm failing, because every time I fall short, I think I'm not going to make it. I think I'm not acceptable in his sight. Oh, my gosh. So this guy is literally saying... He's been working at being perfect. And so that means he's looking at all the other rabbis. Okay? And, and, and if I was to look at it and make sure you look at it, he's looking at everybody in the church. Because you know how y'all look at leaders and y'all think y'all supposed to be like leaders, but y'all don't know behind the scene the leaders are jacked up I'm one jacked up. Don't be like me. Okay. Be like Jesus. And the reason why you're to be like Jesus is because your relationship is not with your pastor. Your relationship is with Jesus. Okay. I don't have the answers. Other leaders don't have the answers. They may act like they have the answers, but they don't have the answer. I'm real. I don't have the answer. And if you follow alongside of me or you get a close enough to me and you get close enough, you'll be like, oh, my God. And she stand up and teaching in church on Sunday? I don't know how either, okay? <laughs> but I accepted this call. I'll say it like that. Yeah, and I accepted the call because he knew I was imperfect. But he knew that I would see myself and cry out to him Mm -hmm. see the difference I I, I see my failures and I recognize that I need the relationship Mm -hmm. because I can't do it on my own and I'm constantly saying dwell with me show me the right way but he shows me and then I have hiccups <laughs> okay. Hiccup. Oh, here we go again. And, and, and you guys know what hiccups are, because little babies have hiccups. Yeah. And they're growing. Mm-hmm. And so they get this uncontrollable hiccup. And we have these uncontrollable hiccups. Okay? They're getting bigger and stronger and better. We're getting bigger, stronger, and better in our hiccups. But our hiccups looks like sin. You'll be like, ooh, I'm gonna hook up. But that just means we're growing into the relationship. Don't you get it? We're growing into the marriage. Okay? Making sure that you see it. Okay? Girls, I'll say it like this because as many of us are like this, we want the marriage, we want the ring, we want everything when we see them. We start dreaming ahead of time. Mm -hmm. We start calling out our last name and all of this ahead of time. But we have to grow into the relationship. Valentine's Day's coming up and everybody looking for hearts, candy, the streets going to be flooded with stuff and (laughs) everybody having an expectancy that they're going to get something. But what I love about God, it is a consistent daily relationship that he offers. And so, if you could see what this gentleman is saying, he's trying to perform to get God's attention. I'm speaking to the performer. And and in that place, he's literally saying, Stop performing. And those who are teachers of the word, they're constantly trying to fill themselves up with more word, more word, more word. And God is literally saying, enough. Because I can't get to you what I need to put in you if you're flooded trying to prove to me that you're ready. Don't you get it? You're you're trying to offer so much and God is literally saying, slow down. You're trying to get somewhere and God's saying, you're where you need to be. But then you say the place you're in is scary. Oh, it's scary, Lord, Billy. But it's the place where you feel like you have nothing to offer and it's the best place ever. In your weakness, he is strong. Get it? In your weakness, he is strong. It would be like people coming into this church and say, oh my God, these people all hear and they hear the voice of God. I want that. You have it. But you have to be patient to get it. I'll never forget, I wanted to hear overnight and these people were performing these miracles and they were standing, they were doing this and I felt like I couldn't relate, I just wasn't ready. That's not I was failing, I just wasn't ready. And then I felt like I had to give God everything. Oh, my God. Don't you feel like you got to give God everything? Here you go. Here you go. And you have nothing left. You didn't give him everything so you can't get up. You can't pray. You gave everything. You can't read. You gave everything. So you feel empty because you haven't developed the relationship. Hopefully you guys hear what he's hearing what he's saying. Let's take it a little bit further.
0: As he bowed down on his knees in front of Jesus, the mere closeness of that relationship made him closer to salvation than anything he could do.
1: All he did was kneel. All he did was to get in God's presence. That's all he did. And that's all God is asking. This ain't hard. He just saying, come in my presence. Well, come in in his presence. He ain't gonna talk about what you did yesterday. What I did last night. Okay, he don't care what you did last night. And then we want to tell him all about what we did last night that when he's ready to talk to us we can't hear because we're so ashamed that we cannot hear what he wants to speak. There was a time in in my life where I used to sit back and do stuff and then all of a sudden he would talk to me and I'd be like you talking to this sinner? (laughs) And he would tell me Go over there and say this to this person. But did you not see what I did five minutes ago? I said, I said this and I cussed this person out. Do you hear me? Up and down. And now you're telling me to go over here and pray for somebody? I can't do that. And he would say, do it anyway. And then I would go and do it. And then he would say, I love you after. And I would be like, you love me? And then condemnation would rule in my life. It would just overpower me. But then it got to a point to where I start cussing less. Get it? (laughs) Oh, wow. You got it. I start reacting less. Because he kept using me. And, And I kept making mistakes. And then I would say, stop using me. I like to stay in my misery. And he kept saying, but that's not where you belong. And so I'm going to keep using you. Because I don't need you in your misery. And then I got to a point I'm like, Lord, I'm trying not to cuss him out. Trying not to do this. And he says, I already know what you're going to do. Get it? And because he already knew that I was going to do what I'm going to do, I, I just literally say, I'm repenting now. Listen, there's a progress. And even though I repented ahead of time, because i am like, You know how you say you ain't going to do it? You'll go about your business and you say, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then time something comes, it pushes you to the limit. And then you're just like, and then you're like, Lord, I feel so bad. I need to go and apologize. You go and apologize to the person, but you didn't really mean it hear me? You didn't really mean it. Because your flesh said, you told them. Get it? They won't bother me next time. Told them. And then he's like, Lord, I repent. No, you didn't. And he would literally say to me again, go do this now. Lord, you are crazy because you don't see what I keep doing. And then he would say to me, Kathy, you are crazy because you don't see that I love you despite your shortcomings. It is not what you're doing. It's about your relationship with me. I'm in this, and I'm not leaving you because you mean so much to me. You're gonna get through it. And so now if I say a bad word, you know what people laugh at me. They're like, it don't even sound like it comes out of you. You don't even know how to say it right. (laughs) Do you hear me? It it don't even sound right. My kids laugh at me. They literally say, hmm. (laughs) But they know it takes a lot to get it out of me. You have to push buttons. But even in that place of pushing buttons, God's even dealing with the push button part of me. (laughs) Get it? He knows that that panic button is going to come off. Do you get it? And, and, and the ninety percent of the time it goes off when you got something else going on. Don't you get it? That part of you that got something going, you kick the cat because you really got something going on that you don't, and you give the warning signal to somebody. I had a bad day. Don't bother me. Mm-hmm. And they don't take the warning sign, and then you just like, Poosh! and you beat the person up because something else is going on. And so even in that place, God still has you. Because it's about a relationship. Let's see a little bit more.
0: He didn't want Jesus to be his savior. He wanted Jesus to show him the way to be his own savior. Ah,
1: isn't that us? Oh, wow. Help me to get there. You know, because if there was a roadmap to freedom, I would have found it by now. Because I've found all this other stuff. I know how to hear, I know how to teach people how to hear, I know how to do this, I know how to sit still, I know how to see things, I know how to use these gifts. If there was a road map to this, I would have gotten it by now. I've searched the scriptures for the roadmap, And it only leads to relationship. Isn't that what we say to God? Just tell me what I need to do. Just tell me what to do. Tell me the answer and I'll do it. Yes. I wake up every morning saying, just give me the answer. They're just like, tell me who's gonna win the Super Bowl. And if I pick the space and I pick the number, I'm like, let it run. Then let the score be this. <laughs> <laughs> But we submit Because everybody wants the plan Everybody wants the answer I love how you said The answer to the test If this is a test Lord give me the answers. And let me move ahead in the scriptures And find the answer Because I'll search out the scripture To try to find the solution to win this race see ourselves in this message praise be to God (laughs) see and you're a new person walking in and you're like oh my God he's speaking to me that's what he does (laughs) because he knows where each one of us is at but what really gets in our way is our pride we think we know more than God we think we understand it better than God does okay I understand this I know how to do this, and I'm going to make it to the end. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I can't get out the front door without failing. I can't get out the back door without failing. I cannot wake up without failing. So what I'm literally saying, read that again.
0: He didn't want Jesus to be his savior. He wanted Jesus to show him the way to be his own savior.
1: Let me say it that way. I'll say it another way. Lord, give me all the secrets to make me prosperous. Secrets. Isn't that what we really say? I even asked for the lottery numbers at times. Still haven't gotten it, okay? <laughs> and, and, and then I promised him, I'm not going to use it all on myself. Right. Okay? <laughs> Get it? I'm not gonna use it all on myself. And the Lord literally says, I have greater things in the lottery for you. And then I'm saying, but Lord, the lottery is the easy ticket out. Get it? That's me planning. This is me being the rich man. You know, I understand, okay? And I'm literally asking God, just show me how to do this walk. And I need a download, okay? All of us need a download, right? You know, upload. Now everything's in me that I need to do, and I don't have to worry about it. And even when I can't do it, it'll be done. Wouldn't that be it? Okay? Reprogram me. Because sometimes I say program me. Okay? You know how your iPhone get these updates? Lord, I need an update. (laughs) And there's
0: no update. Let's go a little bit further. The man really didn't know who he was also. He thought that he was righteous. Wait a minute. Man didn't know who he was?
1: I wake up every morning not knowing who I am, because I'm a different person, depending on how I want. To <laughs> Read that again.
0: The man really didn't know who he was also. He thought that he was righteous and didn't really know the kind of person he was. When you don't know who Jesus really is, you probably don't know who you are either.
1: Oh, that hurts. That one hurts, right? Yeah. Because, okay, again, he's looking at the religious leaders. He's literally seen all of their shortfalls and all of their fault, but he thinks he's better. And isn't that us? We think we better. Because we'll look at everybody around us and we'll literally say, I ain't like that, okay? I don't look like that. Lord, thank you for not making me ugly. We even go as <laughs> st- stupid stuff like that. Get it? Because ugly looks different to each one of us. Cause you like, they acting ugly. And in that, God is literally trying to get you to understand that your righteousness starts in your relationship with him. It's about a relationship, you guys. It's not about all the works you're trying to do. It's not the secret. You can't crack the code because I've tried that. If uh, remember back in the old days, there's a Bible code that you could crack. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've tried, I've read the Bible code to try to crack, to crack this stuff so I'll know everything. Well, it didn't work. That book's still sitting around somewhere in my house. Because I didn't crack a code, it didn't make no sense to me because whoever decided that they could crack a code, they didn't. And so the code is a relationship. It's not all the stuff we're trying to do. It's not all about the mountains we're trying to move. It's not about all the things, the sin we're trying to overturn. We are in a world that's full of sin. Doesn't mean, and God doesn't say nowhere in the Bible, that you will be completely without any form of sin. He says to embrace him. Mm. But the stuff you're dealing with has to work through you in order to make you complete. So you gotta let the stuff that you're dealing with be complete in you and the way you complete is to go to God concerning it. And so when patience has its perfect work in you, that means you won't be popping off every time something happens in your life. And so many of us are not patient because we got these pop off. If I was to light a match and say, fire, I would see who could get to that front door first. (laughs) You guys would be knocking each other down because if you smell a little smoke, you're not going to turn around to look at what's really going on. Because that's what you do in your life. And so when the Lord was literally saying to me, I need you to trust. That means every time a fire comes forth and you smell smoke, (laughs) you smell smoke, turn around and fully assess it the right way. I got this, I can get through it. See it different? Let's go a little bit further. We're gonna flip up.
0: Knowing Jesus comes first.
1: That was the last one. That was the last last on that one. Take me to the next one. Scroll up. Oh, Billy got to. How far? Uh, we're going to. 40 something. It's about the man who's blind. Nope, it's there, 30. Keep going. 38. Nope, not it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Jesus describes true greatness. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who no, are considered. It.
1: No, that's not it. Go up. Well, I mean, go down. Down, 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 down. down. It's 40 something. Keep going. Ah, okay. there we go.
0: On the way to Jerusalem, a blind man is healed. Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, (laughs)
1: <laughs> back to 10. There's, there's a couple of things that's here while he's going back to find the message. So he's a blind man. And what I love about him, he's crying out. And people are trying to get him to shut up. Shut up, teachers passing by, shut up. But he continues to cry out, hear what I'm saying? In our imperfectness, what is our responsibility? To cry out, to cry out, to seek help, to ask for help. We should never be quiet. And that's so important that we continue to cry out and ask for help. God will answer those who are faithful. What I love about him, they're trying to stop him. And sometimes Satan tries to stop you like, you know, ain't nothing wrong with you. Okay. But we know there is something. And in that place where we know something's not right, we need to continue to cry out and ask for help. That's part of the relationship. But pride gets in the way, because, you know, I ain't asked nobody for no money. So people let me down before. You know how we say that? Are mm-hmm. you had to move somewhere? And the people you asked to help you move didn't show up. Mm. I can't depend on nobody but myself. Isn't that the statements we say? Hmm, stop using them. Start crying out. And so in this particular place, the Lord was literally showing me through the place that we don't want support. This is where we need to craft him in. He's okay in your weakness. He's okay if you gotta say them extra swear words, like I told you. <laughs> it's your weakness. Yeah. He's not looking for you to be perfect. You don't have the code. So because you don't have the code, it's important that you what?
0: Cry out. Cry out. Keep going. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Let me stop. What do you want God to do for you?
1: I want to be like him. I want to see. I want to see what's really in front of me. I want to understand what I'm really looking at so that I can embrace you for the change. I am blind. Because I'm blind to me. Because I cannot see beyond me. I am blind to some of the things I'm afflicted with. And I cannot see the freedom in it. Open my eyes that I may see, Lord. Do not you hear what he's saying in this word? Mm -hmm. You need your eyes open. You need your eyes open. And the only way you can see is that God gives you sight. You can't do it on your own. You can't fix it. I'm a person that I go to the doctor and I have a list of things when I go to the doctor. Let me tell you about this, I'm a hypochondriac, okay? And I tell my doctor, the time I walk in there, uh, the worst thing you could do was weigh me first. (laughs) You weigh me, that's doomsday, okay, Okay. and then I'm going to look at everything else as a negative, okay, because it's going to start with that weight. Once I see that weight, you better put it in some kind of form that I can't calculate. (laughs) I have to say reset your scale because if you get me on the scale and I see what I really weigh, oh, I'm going to give you heck. And so when I get into the waiting room, I'm not undressing. You're internal medicine. You're just going to tell me what's internally wrong with me based on what I'm telling you. Get it? So I don't need to undress. I just need you to tell me what's wrong and prescribe the right medication. Listen to what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we say to the Lord. I don't want to get undressed, but it's prescribe the right medication for me that I can overturn this. But But what I love what he did, he told him to lay aside his mat. How can I get the answer when I think I have it? Did, did you see? He told him to lay aside. In some cases, he told others to pick it up. But in this particular situation, he had to lay aside his mat. And sometimes we got to lay aside the stuff that we're constantly dealing with. We got to lay them down so God can raise up the solution. I can't get an answer when I'm already talking to God about what I think the answer should be. Mm-hmm. Now you got it. Okay. I can't find a resolution when I already got a resolution. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember, I'm going to the doctor and I'm telling the doctor what's wrong with me. I have already self diagnose myself and I expect him to react to what I have self-diagnosed. And I've literally told the doctor, this is what's going on. Fix it. Yeah. And I remember telling the doctor, I have these shooting pains that are going through my body and I don't know where they're coming from. What do you do? He said, oh, everybody got that. Sure. I said, oh, no. I need a new doctor <laughs> I get it oh my he told me which my agent comes oh no <laughs> Listen to what I said. You are not hearing me. Because in my mind, I have already said this is something. Mm -hmm. I have assessed it. And I have went before my Lord and told him to. Isn't this us? And I won't let it go unless I get the answer. And you can't tell me I'm wrong. But you have the medical degree. Get it? This is how we operate with God. He is the answer, but we tell him he does not know. So when he gives a solution that's simple, I'm like, that's not what I asked for. But let me make sure that I say to you the disclaimer that I said to the doctor. So when he's viewing me, he says, you're on this, 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 this medication. I said, there should be one only. Anything else you have on your charts is wrong. You may have prescribed it for me. I may have filled the prescription, but I did not take it. Because I serve a higher God. That's why I told him. And he said, oh, no, you have this going on in your body. I've given that to the Lord. He said, but it exists in the charts. I said, I know it exists. This is how we tell the Lord. Mm -hmm. But you better have fixed it and get it off my chart. Am I not blind to myself? Am I not blind to my Lord? Mm -hmm. Well, we get to see ourselves in two different ways. So we see us in the richness, but now we see us as blind people. (laughs) This one hurts Mm -hmm. because I think I have all the answers.
0: Let's go a little bit further. The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road.
1: He took on what was spoken. We can't take on what's spoken because we already have spoke to ourselves. We got the remedy. Say that, I got the remedy to everything that's going on. Because I have found solutions. And I have carved out my way based on my own personal solutions. And I'm in control of this relationship. Lord, let me help you steer me. As I said, I don't get undressed in a doctor's office because I already know what I have assessed. Wow, is this not me? And so when God gives me the answer, because it's so simple sometimes, it's a relationship that's too easy for me to fulfill. (laughs) So everything that I do is in the answer to it's a relationship, getting relationship with me. The stress that I put on myself is part of relationship. The fears that I have is relationship. Me assessing and telling the doctor what's wrong with me is about a relationship. Me not hearing is about a relationship. It's Too difficult to understand. But too simple to apply. Because we think it's supposed to be bigger. So all I have to do is cry out, embrace the relationship, and to trust what he's saying to me. So if he's saying this storm will be over soon, I have to be okay with the storm being over soon. He didn't say that he was going to remove the storm, he just said you're gonna to get to the other side. He didn't say that I was going to have the answer, and he did not say he was going to implement all of my solutions. He just said, the storm must be over soon. And then in my own personal situation, he says, give it to me. Lay down your mat. It's saying, lay down the things that you're resting on. Did you guys get that? Lay down the things that you are resting on. Wow. I'm resting on it going to turn out this way. I'm resting on, it's going to come this way. Get it? Yeah. I'm resting on, it's gonna work out. It's just like looking at a Super Bowl. I'm resting on San Francisco.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How dare you?
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: <laughs> okay. wow. This is stuff that we we've already committed to, do you yeah. get it? Yeah. Yeah. And and he can't overturn it when you commit it to it. Yeah, that strong agreement. Yeah. Because none of us admit we have pride. Okay? And and don't tell me I'm not in relationship. Mm-hmm. But I talk to you every day. Oh.
0: <laughs> I <like> that mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I talk to you every day. and you really don't talk to him. You tell him, yeah. like I tell the doctor, "This is what's wrong, fix it." I know this doctor, and he's new to me. He's probably like, Oh my God, I want to get rid of this one just as much as she wants to get rid of me. <laughs> <Get> rid of. <laughs> and I'm so judgmental. I'm like, Hmm, African American? I never had an African American doctor.
0: Yeah. Are
1: you black? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In my mind, I'm like like I discredit him for his wisdom. Like he didn't have a hard time getting the degree he had. Uh huh. And so in that, we discredit others for their wisdom because we see we have our own degree. <laughs> Say that louder. (laughs) Exactly. Let's take this to the end.
0: He cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Blind Bartimaeus didn't have much tact, but he did have persistence and determination. So he did not have much
1: tact. But he had persistent indetermination. We all got that. Right. <laughs> but we ain't tactful. <laughs> Do you hear me? Especially when we're desperate. Oh, yeah. oh. But God recognizes our persistent indetermination. Let's be determined.
0: People try to shut him up. But they couldn't, because he really wanted a touch from Jesus.
1: Did you get that? You got to be persistent, and you got to really want it. And it has to be Jesus you're desiring.
0: Let's go further. The persistent and energetic nature of Bartimaeus, prayer is a good example of prayer. He wasn't discouraged, because no one led him to Jesus those who told him to stay away did not discourage him take the gates of heaven and shake them with thy vehemence as though thou wouldst pull them up post and bar and all stand at mercy's door and take no denial knock and knock and knock again as though thou wouldst shake the very spears but what thou wouldst obtain an answer to thy cries the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force could prayers never win god's ear draw thy bow with all thy strength and if thou wouldst send thy arrow up so high as heaven have mercy on me the blind man knew what he needed from jesus mercy He didn't come thinking that God owed him. All he wanted was Jesus, was Jesus' mercy.
1: Oh, I I come, owe me. You you already know you owe me, Lord. You said you were going to do it. You said you were going to set me free. You owe this. Your word said I'll be rich too. Oh my goodness. Your word said that I would be abundantly blessed. Where's my abundance? Where's my money
0: Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh it's terrible. Father.
1: Oh Especially when the bills are late. Don't you get it? But it is mercy you need. It is mercy we need. Lord, have mercy on me. And and, and you know when you need mercy, you feel it on the inside. You feel the cries of your heart. Have mercy on me. Even now, he's listening. You can ask for that mercy. You can ask for the help you need. He's listening. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. Mm -hmm. But you have to ask for mercy. And in that place, you have to ask. You gotta lay down your mat. Mm -hmm. And you cannot self-assess yourself. You gotta get undressed
0: Mm -hmm. and be exposed.
1: Exactly. You gotta be exposed. I know my doctor probably said, Oh my God, this arrogant black woman. <laughs> yeah. Because I told him how to do his job for me. Yeah. Get it? We tell God how to do his job we should be pleading at the mercy seat have mercy on me lord let's go a little bit further
0: what do you want me to do for you it might seem that the need of bartimaeus was obvious yet jesus had a deliberate purpose in the question there was real power in both the asking and in the answer of jesus god may ask us the same question and we should be able to articulate an answer that glorifies him did you
1: guys hear that yeah
0: rabboni that i may receive my sight the title rabboni is a strengthened form of rabbi and means my lord my master When Bartimaeus said this, he expressed his humble submission towards Jesus.
1: I feel the presence of God as you said that. It is in humility.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's in a place where we truly assess ourselves. It's truly when we come to a place of understanding who we really are. And God is able to come into that place and help us. Again, it's mercy we desire. It's not the things we're looking for, but it's mercy. Have mercy on me.
0: The specific nature of Bartimaeus requests is a good example for our prayers. Have mercy on me is general. But his prayer moved from the general to the specific request that I may receive my sight.
1: And that's what we're literally saying. Lord, have mercy that I may receive my sight. We really need to see who we are. We really need to understand what this is really about and why we're walking through some of the things that we are walking through. When we have sight, we have a better response to them. But because we cannot see, we're constantly blinded by our own wisdom. And no one sees their own pride. But in this place, you're asking God for sight. Not
0: yet. Now go Rest assured that those are the best prayers in all respect. if they be earnest and sincere, which go most directly to the point. You know there is a way of praying in the closet and praying in the family, in which you do not ask for anything. You say a great many good things, introduce much of your own experience, review the doctrines of grace very thoughtfully, but you do not ask for anything in particular. Such prayer is always uninteresting, and I think it must be rather tedious to those who offer it.
1: Did you guys get that? You're always asking for everybody else. Mm -hmm and the things that you have truly asked for yourself is not the things that you need. The things that you really need is mercy. And, and you're literally crying out. You know when you screwed up and you know beyond a shadow of doubt you need help. We have a way of asking for mercy. It's when we really feel like we're failing. But we need it even more not. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you. And he's literally said the tedious prayers are for no value. You know how we say, help my dog, help my cat. Lord I seen the lady walking down the street, help them to stand up. You know the tedious little prayers that really don't amount to nothing, that you're really not trying to get into relationship. It is stuff that you feel like you have to say. You know, like being in a relationship, you feel like you got to say bye to somebody. You got to call somebody. You don't feel like calling them, like, uh got to call them. Feels like a chore. Do you hear it? Isn't it hard being in a relationship that you got to call? You out hanging with the guys or you hanging with the girls and you turn around and say, dang it, I got to call. <laughs> or you wake up at doom 30 and other person works up at 6 o'clock in the morning and they expect you to call them? That's <laughs> hard being in a relationship. Because God requires your early morning attention. Yeah. And you got June 30 on your mind. 12 o'clock. <laughs> you hear me? 12 o'clock? Flip over like, hey Lord. I slept in today. I don't have time. Running late for everything. Lord bless this day, bless this world. Bless me. <laughs> you see yourself <laughs> <laughs> yes bye off <Bye. laughs> to the, <after> the races <laughs> but he's talking about that sincere prayer that you stop mm-hmm. and you take your time and you're able to see to into your day so that you get the results that you're looking for It's that intentional prayer. It's not that just the one up that stuff, thinking he's going to hear. And then we tend to tell God, I told you that. Because I, I tell him I told you that. Remember I asked for that this morning? <laughs> you are not performing. Wow. Wow. Let's go a little bit further, and we'll be finishing this up.
0: Go your way. Your faith has made you well. The faith of the blind man saved him because it was a specific kind of faith. It was faith that was determined to reach Jesus. He cried out all the more. It was faith that knew who Jesus was, son of David. It was faith that came humbly to Jesus, have mercy on me. It was faith that humbly submitted to Jesus, rabboni, it was faith that could tell Jesus what it wanted, that I may receive my sight. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. Now healed and saved, blind Bartimaeus then followed Jesus. The way of Jesus became his way. This was especially significant when we considered where Jesus was going at this time, to Jerusalem, Where a cross waited for him. First, Jesus told Bartimaeus, go your way. Then Bartimaeus followed Jesus. He made Jesus' way his own way and was a follower of him. Bartimaeus must have figured, now that I have my sight, I always want to look up on Jesus. Apply to the son of David, lose not a moment. He is passing by and thou art passing into eternity, and probably will never have a more favorable opportunity than the present. Hear what the
1: Spirit of the Lord is saying to you today. I praise God for his word. I praise God with my crazy examples, you found laughter, but you also found freedom. And in that place where laughter and freedom exist, embrace him. It is a relationship with him that he desires you to have. And you can clearly see that Maeus truly understood what mercy was about. And in that place, he was transformed and changed. And he had sight to understand what was really going on? It is the relationship with Jesus that's all that's important. Nothing else was most important. He understood the call on his life and he always wanted to follow, and many of us always have wanted to follow Jesus. And so, in that place where you are, again, is not a systematic approach to Jesus. It is through you crying out and your persistent knock, get it? And you're not giving up in the midst of the things you're going through. It's not just about the struggles. It's about when you're not struggling as well. He is calling you. Will you answer the call with eyes closed, head bowed?
2: Jesus, it is in your presence that we truly know what we need. As the blind man laid before you, even as you were passing by, he truly knew that what he needed was your touch. That everything else that he thought he needed, everything else that he had maybe complained about, was washed away when you walked by him. Your simple presence... Everything disappears when you come into the room. And so Jesus, as simple as the blind man, metaphorically seeing what he really needed once he sensed your presence, we just humble ourselves. We submit ourselves. We submit our thoughts of what we want and need. Our thoughts of the agenda and the plan that we have about our life. We submit all these things to you, Jesus, that your touch may come forth, that your plan, your need for us would come forth, and that even in that, you would still give us that option to go our way, because truly in your presence, we just want to follow you. We just want to see you. And just let it be that simple, Lord. Amen.
1: And if you don't have a relationship with God, one more time, eyes closed. And it's the simple prayer of Lord, I can't do this without you. I need your help. And so, where I cry out for your help, Lord, have mercy on me. I desire a relationship with you. And so even as I say this prayer, Lord, Meet me, I laid down the things that hinders me today, better yet, I laid them at your feet, and Lord, I'm knocking on your door, accept me in this place. Because I surely accept you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my God. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. With the full evidence of speaking in the Spirit. Let your Holy Spirit guide me. Let your Spirit comfort and keep me all the days of my life. Let me dwell in your righteousness and have hope in you. Lord, I know that you hear me even as I cry forth. Have mercy. Lord, have mercy on me. And if you are in agreement with that prayer, I welcome you into the house of God. I open my eyes with the hope that you open your eyes because there's one additional thing you have to acknowledge that you said that prayer. And so if you can lift your eyes up, your head up and acknowledge that's all God needs. I welcome you into the kingdom. I'm not saying it's going to be great, but I'm going to say he will answer you. Through your persistent knocking and your persistent belief, he shall keep you. I ask now for all those who are still with their head bowed that God gives you sight that you may see, and not only that you may see, Holy Spirit, what else do you want me to see? That you will come away from the places that you have been dwelling, and you will lay down your position garments. He said that you're no longer the position of your life. And you will allow him to lead you. See yourself being led by him. Lord is extending his hand unto you now. Grab a hold of it. And in that relationship, he says, I'm in it to the end. And that's when you return home to the heavens. And in that place of agreement, you say, Lord, lead me. In the path of your righteousness, not for my namesake, because I always want to look good, but for your namesake, Lord, I surrender all. In Jesus' name, we all say amen, amen, and amen. You are blessed. Go enjoy your day. Oh, I have one thing, one thing. I got two kids. I need you guys just to stay for just a second because the kids would not feel good if you don't have their tent.
0: If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.